Locked down and bunkered in, it's time for home improvement. But look out, before you upgrade the castle, you might need to pull some permits. Linda Pazinski, a.k.a. Code Attorney, joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. All right, welcome back, everyone. Hope you're having a great day out there, wherever you might be. Today, we're talking about home improvements, and there's been a lot of that going on around the country since the pandemic started. And according to an article in the Tampa Bay Times by Elizabeth Renter, who also works for Nerd Wallet, she was citing one of their one of their surveys, and three fifths of homeowners in the U.S. since March 1st have engaged in some type of home improvement project. The average cost this year has been about six thousand four hundred thirty. And to pay for that, 34% of those folks, they uh, had some savings on hand. They decided to use it towards home improvement purposes. 25% had actually saved up for that project, decided that the pandemic was a good time to do it. But 14% were actually using their economic stimulus check. So go figure on that one. But anyway, with all of these projects and people staying at home, I know there's quite a few do-it-yourselfers out there trying to stretch a dollar. And that begs the question. Did everybody follow those building codes and pull the proper permits? Because that could be a big problem when you want to sell your home down the road. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this episode is made especially for you. So let's welcome our guest, Linda Pazinski. She's also known as the Code Attorney, and she's an author of many related publications on the subject. Welcome to the show, Linda. Well, thank you so much, Lawrence. It's very nice of you to have me here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's start with your bona fides, Linda. I know you've done a lot of work in this area, but uh, historically speaking, what have you done in zoning, building codes, and permits? Well, I have been a city attorney for a number of municipalities in my county where that was a major uh, subject that I had had to deal with in court. Okay, well, Linda, let me open up with this uh, first question in terms of just a basic one. There's some folks out there, they might be a first-time homeowner, they might be renting out a space for the first time, but, uh, you know, what are building codes exactly and what are they designed to do? Well, building codes are implemented by states and local government in order to provide minimum standards to safeguard public safety, health, and general welfare of the populace because a lot of the do-it-yourselfers do things and then burn their house down. So that's not a good thing. And so building codes are meant to set these minimum standards so that we at least have a recognizable level of uh, competency in um, our building stock. All right. So for uh, some of those do-it-yourselfers out there, Linda, you know, not every project that you work on in terms of home improvement requires a permit. Uh, Many don't, but there are some that do. And so I was wondering if you could start us off with the list. Here's the projects that are common that do not require permits. And here are some common projects that do. Well, the things that don't require permits are things like you can do all the tiling that you want, you know, in a bathroom and you don't need a permit putting in countertops and uh, cabinets, that's certainly fine. But anytime that you start constructing something or altering something or moving something or enlarging something, then you're going to need a permit. So if you're going to put on a new deck, if you're going to, well, replacing windows are okay, but if you put in something that's going to change the structural elements, that's a different situation. So like putting a window in a new location that where it doesn't currently exist. Exactly. Then you would need a permit for that because somebody needs to check to make sure that you're not going to compromise the safety of the building by, you know, I've seen people that take out load-bearing walls without permits. 
That's oh, wow. not a good thing. The building could collapse. That is not a good thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a good thing. Let's say you've either determined that you probably need to get a permit or you're not 100% sure. What's the next best first step? Well, you should contact your local government, either their website or try to talk to somebody about it. But you have to describe the project in detail. A lot of people call up and they don't, they, they kind of minimize the project that they're doing that normally you wouldn't need a permit for, but then you found out that they tore out the plumbing and put in new stuff. Uh Uh-uh, you need a permit for something like that. And so the local government, though, is your best source of information because towns vary one to the other. So, for example, in some areas in, in where I live, you need a permit to put in a furnace, but a few suburbs away, you don't. And so there is a variation on things like fences and sheds. Some require them, some towns, others do not. You're not going to know unless you call and you find out. But a lot of the websites for these local governments have real good list of what, when you need one and, and when you don't. So I would first start with that and then call just to make sure. I think that's good advice, especially if you live in a a large metropolitan area that have like several townships and suburbs built in there. You know, you might have property in a couple different areas of the city, but the the regulations that apply to each of those could be quite different. Absolutely. Quick follow-up for you. So as I understand it, some some of these uh, permits can be almost instantaneous when you apply for them, but other ones require, you know, they'll require an inspection or maybe there's a little bit of uh, a wait period before it happens. Can you talk about some of those types of projects just to kind of illustrate, you know, just being careful and checking in? There are some projects that you're going to be able to get a a permit for rather quickly. We installed a, a shed and a fence during the pandemic. We had to get a permit for for both of those, even though in some towns you don't have to do that. But even, even during the pandemic, the, the turnaround was two or three days. Other projects, if you're going to build a house, well, then that's going to have to go through a plan review process where a plan reviewer looks over the plans to make sure that they meet the code, that they're complete before issuing the permit. And depending on how backed up the city is, or if they found, find issues in it where there has to be corrections made, that could be some time, weeks or months even, depending on the size of the project. Let's talk about potential costs and penalties. And we sort of alluded to that a little bit in the intro there. But if you don't get the permit, there could potentially be some downside there. So can you, can you walk the audience through some of those? Sure. The cost of the permit varies depending on the size of the project. It may be thousands of dollars for a, a building, but we had to put a new air conditioner in last year. That ran us about $300, but it's going to vary. Every town is different. And some, you have to give a large sum up front, and then you get the refund after you've finished with the inspections. Most of these things are going to require an inspection when you get a permit to make sure that you followed the permit. And so those costs can can add up. However, the cost of not doing it can be extremely expensive because every day that the violation occurs, working without a permit, let's say, is a new violation in most jurisdictions, which could range anywhere from $100 to $1,000 or even more, depending on what the state allows in terms of the cost of these these kinds of permits. So it can get quite expensive and it doesn't stop just because you sell the house. The next owner 
could still end up being fined every day for having that deck that never received a certificate of occupancy when it was done without getting a permit. People can spend thousands of dollars in fines, and they usually have to pay double or triple the amount of the permit fee. Well, as I understand it too, you know, if you're selling your home, banks that are lending to the person that wants to buy, they may be looking at this, and if you don't have the proper permits, they won't finance the purchase of that home. Well, depending on how difficult it is, the bigger problem is that the new owner gets stuck with it. Luckily, when my daughter bought a house where there were quite a few things done without a permit, we made sure that was taken care of before the closing so that she wasn't stuck with the cost of bringing it into compliance with the code. I mean, they had built a garage over an asphalt driveway without a permit. <laughs> and, and I got suspicious because you usually don't see asphalt as the floor in a proper garage, at least around us. Well, let's close it out with some recommendations. And so let's say you're hiring a contractor. Maybe you want to build a home office, you know, for these these times when we're all working at home. Or, or maybe you want to improve the space for at-home learning for the kiddos. And so you need to hire a contractor. Do you have some pointers and tips for people out there trying to find the right person? When you look for a contractor, you want to find someone with a decent reputation because there's a lot of fly-by-night people out there. And there certainly are going to be Uh, as this pandemic stays with us, because people who are trying to make money, people who have no competency in what they're doing or are unlicensed. So I would get recommendations from friends that you know have had projects done that they were satisfied with. I would look online at the reviews that are posted on places like uh, Angie's List and other home improvement websites that rate contractors where you can read the reviews. And the biggest problem that I've run into is having reputable contractors who aren't real happy about getting permits and try to discourage you from that. That happened to me with both our furnace and our air conditioner installation. And having worked for the village, I knew what I needed. And I was very disappointed that reputable people will try to discourage people from getting permits just to avoid the fees. Well, let's say the ship has sailed and that, uh, let's say you've been watching some uh, YouTube videos. You did a Pretty good job, but uh, you're not 100% certain that you shouldn't have uh, reached out and gotten a permit in the first place. And I'm not necessarily asking for a friend, but what can you do to remedy a situation like that? Well, what you would do is you would contact your local jurisdiction and say, look, this was done and I didn't know if I needed a permit or not, but I want to make it right. Most of them will work with you. The first thing they're going to do is want to check it to make sure it's safe after you pull the permit. And if it was safe to begin with, then they'll final the permit. It's going to probably cost you extra because there will be a penalty attached. Like I said, maybe a double or tripling of the cost of the initial permit. But if it's not safe, then you're going to possibly have to get plans and do whatever needs to be done to make it right. But you'll thank yourself when you get ready to sell your home because you won't have to be worried about whether somebody's going to find something that could cause even a possibility of fraud and rescission of the contract if the new owners find out that you knew about this and you didn't disclose it as required by your local law. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Linda. It was real nice talking with you. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, we'll cite our sources for this episode on our website, LegalTalkNetwork.com. And one more thank you to our producer, Molly McDonough, who came up with today's topic and helped me with the research. Much obliged. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 